91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it- Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night, and this time we're going to talk about some creepy-ass spiders, as picked by me, 1990s arachnophobia, with one of the most all-star casts we've had on Horror Movie Night, in reference to two actors and then uh, the old lady from Happy Gilmore. (laughs) And Mimi. I wonder if there's something in her contract where she has to wear that outfit, because I feel like everything she's in, she wears that ridiculous outfit. It might just be her actual clothes. You ever there's, think about that? There's no wardrobe <laughs> yeah. for, for Mimi? No. <laughs> I had a fun experience watching this movie for two reasons. Reason number one was that I watched it with a group of friends last night. But reason number two is that we were watching my DVD, which is one of the first DVDs that I ever bought, which means that it's scratched to shit. So it kept skipping to different scenes. So the the movie, I definitely missed at least two sequences in this movie due to the scratched up DVD and having to like move forward. But I have seen this movie enough times that I got the gist of what was going on. So let's talk about it. Can't imagine that this was the first time watch for any of us. No, but it sure felt like it. I mean, I haven't seen this movie. Since oh yeah, I, I have a note about that too. Day. I was like, yeah. I've forgotten everything that happens in this movie except for one thing. <laughs> uh, what yeah. was the one thing for you? Oh, it's the kinder trauma for me. If you want to get into it, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> well, first of all, did you say that you picked this? Because I mean, yeah, no, I one hundred. I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious if you were to. <laughs> Try to guess who picked what movies. If it involves a giant animal, it's probably Matt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the kinder trauma part for me was when they find the mortician and his wife, and they're dead, and then the spider comes out of his nostril. 
Oh, mm. okay. So the thing that I always remembered about this movie that was like one of the things that kind of freaked me out the first time I watched it, and I watched this at our neighbor's house, Jay. We would I would go to Jay's house a lot, and his dad had like a weird assortment of movies, but Arachnophobia was one of them. And he was like, "Oh, you got to watch it. It's really good." I was probably eight or nine when I watched it, maybe even younger. It was that oh, kind of the opening scene, but it's when they pan down to like the sucked dry corpse inside the the <laughs> yeah, like like I kept watching, but that, I remember that always stuck out as like that kind of freaked me out as a kid, but like not enough to like not like not to deter you. Frame Roger Rabbit. Oh God, yeah, yeah, like not like like that. I like ran out of the room when like Christopher Lloyd's I eyeballs fell out and i didn't know how that movie ended for like 10 years but like but like this one i kept watching because i was trying to look cool in front of my older neighbor and i completely forgot about the the fact well one i had forgotten that julian sands was in this movie um i think julian sands forgets that he was in this movie because he has the most ignominious death probably ever uh in anybody's career Dude, it's so good the flying ass spider. Yeah, I love how he's like, it's dinner time or whatever, or dinner is served, and then he literally gets eaten. Like, it's just so fucking dumb. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I completely forgot about how the spiders got to America. And, and I was like, oh, okay. This is an odd movie, just in general. Like, it's not really horror, and I, I, it's fine. It's, it's close enough for us to talk about it, but it just feels more like... It's a feel-good horror. Yeah, yeah. That's where my double feature comes into play. Ooh, I wonder if we have the same one. I'm going to hold off on saying what mine is as well, but... If your double feature is Jaws, then yes. No, 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 it's not that. No, no, no. I think me and Matt might have the same one, so I might have to think of a backup. I think think so too, but we'll find out. I think that this movie is in that same vein of what was going on in like 1990 to like 1992 which was big budget studios kind of doing these throwbacks to like fifties horror mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. Okay, and I can already fucking tell this. I'm, just, I'm pissed. <laughs> this episode is ruined. <laughs> but like this movie is absolutely them like doing an homage to like old fifties, dumb horror movies, but like everyone's in on the joke, but like, you can tell that everyone's having a good time doing this movie. Cause they know that they're not making any important statement or anything. It's just, like if, like Brian said, a feel good heart. Like it's just, it, it tickles all the right spots that it's supposed to get to. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I was feeling so infuriated when Jeff Daniels is having the meeting with the doctor who told him he was retiring and he like upheaved his entire life to this town to replace this guy. And he's just like, yeah, I decide I'm not going to retire. And he's like, but you promised me. He's like, well, things change. Like, <laughs> so, like oh, that old man. <laughs> I don't know if it's the the era, you know, the, the time period I was born or the family I grew up with. But my very first experience with Jeff Daniels was Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, same. Everything else he's in. It's just like a sequel to Dumb and Dumber to me. You know? <laughs> I don't know about Scott. I can speak for Matt. I think the the all-star of this movie is John Goodman. Oh, absolutely. That's oh, no, 100%. 100%. But I, I will, here's something to think about. Because Jeff Daniels looks super, super young in this movie. He does. Mm-hmm. But four years later was Dumb and Dumber. And he, like, obviously there's some makeup going into making him look like a fucking heathen in that movie but like that's it yeah it's just got fat but like man it's like quite a transformation over four years to compare the two and then he did that one movie the career killer about geese (laughs) (laughs) 
What? Jeff oh, Daniels, yeah. his daughter, and geese. <laughs> yeah. Fly away from home or whatever it is. <laughs> they build like a Santa sleigh out of geese. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I don't I think you guys are are over exaggerating that being the career killer and not whatever that sanctimonious bullshit speech that that like wannabe libertarians post all the time where Jeff Daniels is like, well, this is what's wrong with American politics and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, you could disagree with that speech, but I think that was like what restarted his career. Newsroom was like. Oh, was that on? Is, yeah. is that what that's from? Yeah, it's from Newsroom. I think it's the first episode of Newsroom. It's the worst thing ever. And it literally were, is the worst thing ever. And they were just like, all right, Jeff, you're back. What do you want to do next? I want a sequel to Dumb and Dumber 2. Well, enjoy your <laughs> resurrection of your career. <laughs> so, Brian, I know Scott will not know who this person is. He won't know why I'm so excited. But, Brian, did you get excited when you saw Lloyd the Cop? Uh, I don't know who that was. It looked like Fat Paul Rubens. No, you know who that is? <laughs> oh, he's the sheriff. He's not a cop. Whatever. Who is the it? The sheriff, Lloyd. It's the dork from Hollywood Nights. Ah. <laughs> if I were, mother, if I were a rich man. If I was a rich man. If I were, mother. If I were a rich man. <laughs> so I was trying to explain this to my friends because no one's heard of this movie except for Jim Kelly who forced his kids to watch it all the time. But Hollywood Nights is like the Walmart version of American graffiti mixed with Porky's. Yeah. Like it's, it's like... Hey, it's like a bunch of dudes with hot rods, but they're constantly trying to find poon. Yeah, I can see your dad using the word poon. <laughs> I didn't know that was it because it's obviously it's the 90s, so it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't 12 Paul. years. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Paul Rubin was recently on um, Jimmy Kimmel. And that dude in the 90s looks like 2020 Paul Rubens. It's very weird. Oh, no. Yeah, he's like um, short and fat. I don't know how he got shorter. Um, so, but he somehow did. <laughs> so we were talking. About, we were talking about John Goodman, and I, I was saying to someone that not only do I think that this character is my favorite John Goodman role, but I think that the introduction of that character might be one of my favorite introductions to a character in a movie. Like just him, just kind of walking around, just saying weird shit, <laughs> trying to like, like examine the house. There's the one scene where he's like. Would uh, anybody have any uh, objections if I just tore out the entire floor? <laughs> She's like, I wouldn't. He goes, false alarm then. <laughs> and just keeps moving. She's like, well, then what's happening if it's not termites? Bad wood. What do you do with it? Put in good wood. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's definitely the the thing that made me not hate rewatching this movie. Because oh, this so... movie is just it's just so middle of the road. I didn't. I don't have. I've only seen it once before. Mm-hmm. And I well, so here here's my litany. I've only seen it once before. I don't have a fear of spiders. My dad does. I don't like big animal movies like Matt does. I mean, I I don't hate them. I just you know it, it doesn't do it for me. Um, although Alligator's fucking awesome. I was gonna say it's not a selling point to a movie the way it is. For <laughs> yeah, me. It's, it's. I mean, I'm not a world famous herpetologist with a great set of breasts. <laughs> like well, let's address the elephant in the room. Matt is a borderline. Rain Man. So, <laughs> so he, can say only need, he only needs to watch a movie once and it is forever ingrained in his brain. Therefore, it has nostalgic rewatch, regardless of how much time has passed. 
But for me and you, if we've seen it once as a kid, it doesn't have that nostalgia feel because we barely remember it. (laughs) Right. Uh, You're you're not wrong. I'm just like, it was a movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've seen it. So I think for me, like, because I do agree, like, the movie hits a lot of, as you said, like, middle of the road stuff. Like, it's mostly, uh, you know, a woman going to shut off a light and, like, for a split second you see a spider drop on her hand and she yells. And then, you know, we continue on with the story of Jeff Daniels as Dr. Death. Like, you don't see a lot of the violence. You see the after effects of the violence. Oh, no, but- and it's kind of cool because it's like a tableau kind of thing. I mean, I get it. I like it. But I think where I what I didn't get as a kid, which really seemed so silly it didn't bug me it just seemed so silly watching it as an adult was the this like level of in intelligence and vengeance that these spiders have or, oh, like, dude, it, it makes no sense at all I, I get i get it this is jaws with eight legs i get it it's the whole point but when jeff daniels is paralyzed with fear at the very end and the like the king spider or whatever the general i guess yeah when he when it's like crawling up his leg there have been other times where they have immediately bitten somebody. That, no, this is this is revenge. So I gotta get up to his fucking face. No, oh, okay. I think I think you're talking about like that is like nitpicky. If we want to talk about the real like this is insane how smart they're making the spider is when Jeff Daniels is running around with a little homemade flamethrower and the spider is running and then just before Jeff Daniels shoots a flame at it just stops and hides behind a piece of metal so that it goes around it. And then as soon as the flames are done, just keeps scaring. And I wouldn't even consider what Scott's saying nitpicky. Like I, I don't think it's, I hate people that are like, Oh, well that is so unrealistic. But at the same time, if you have a whole movie where one little spider at a time is killing everyone. And then Jeff Daniel somehow maneuvers around hundreds of, yeah, yeah. Like they're so fast, they drop from their webs or you know their their silk so fast onto that lady's hand, and then they're just like, hey, 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 go to the basement, hey, get out of here. I kind of love that. I love that scene at the same time though, because it feels like for a split second the movie just turns into like any local haunted house attraction in October. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. all the animatronic spiders drop at once, and you're just like, ooh, and then you keep going. I'm cool with that. That that, I, it, that makes me like it better. <laughs> the one thing that I, I th- like, if we're talking about things that are ridiculous, we have to talk about the girl in the shower scene where she doesn't realize. She? I have no clue. Oh, like I, I, I rewatched that scene. Uh, so yes, we're gonna talk about the scene, but I had to rewatch it not because there's a naked lady in it, but rather because I was like, am I supposed to know who this woman is? No, not at all. But there's that scene where it's like the spider is on her face. The spider is going down her chest, but it's not until it hits her foot that she's like, oh, there's a spider in here. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I personally, if it was on my nipple, I feel it more quickly than if it was on my toe. I think if it was on my face, I'd be screaming already. (laughs) I don't. I looked it up. I don't know if it's anxiety or not. But every night I have trouble sleeping because I feel bugs crawling on my face that aren't even there. So I I think that's called withdrawal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seven years later and still kicking it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I would definitely notice a giant spider on my. I like my sometimes my shirt tag just lightly brushes my <laughs> neck and i'm like who's that who are you <laughs> so 
I I watched this show years ago. I never really even liked it that much, but it was just something to put on in the background when it was on Netflix. But did any of you guys watch the show Mythbusters when it was on? Yeah. Yeah. So you know Jamie with the big bushy beard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. His first job was building the spider at the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so weird. Yeah, that's like his first film credit is building the the king spider that's at the end of this movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the king spider kind of they, they look like shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're animatronic and not CGI because this movie would be completely ruined if it was CGI. Although there is CGI on the, the outside of the house when the mom, kids, and John Goodman get outside when Jeff Daniels falls into the floor. Also, if you fell two stories down, oh, you would not be like, ow. Yeah, well, that was when I was watching it with my friends. They're like, I feel like he should be more hurt than that. And I said, I think the wine bottles broke his fall. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you, a wet uh, bandit? How do you survive <laughs> a fall like that? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think that the Kang spider looks stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that the egg sack looks fun. I mean, it... it Egg stack's what? cool, but the end got so ridiculous, they should have just oh. went over. They should have just pretty much made the King Spider, like, very similar to, like, Jabba the Hutt. And, like, that's how he yeah. defeats it. It's like, he just, like, is arguing Chokes with it. it. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, with the chain. What do you want from our family? No, no, no. I like the absurdity of, like... He sets it on fire, and then this flaming spider jumps at him, but he shoots it with the nail gun, and it flies into the egg sack. Like, Very convenient. Uh, it, yeah, it was. I will say the other thing that was fun was watching it with my friend whose wife does have arachnophobia. Yeah. <laughs> so she, her react, I was being able to just live vicariously through her reactions every time a spider popped up on the screen. She was like, ah! Like, just screaming <laughs> at That's so weird to me. <laughs> Oh no! Let's not let's not uh, phobia shame anybody. I'm not phobia shaming people, but what are you, a dog? Like my <laughs> my my friend's wife is deathly afraid of snakes, but when she sees them on a television, she understands that that's on a television. <laughs> Buddy races to every cat on the television. Trying to- <laughs> but like, the the flip side is like. I used to kind of find spiders a little terrifying or whatever. Like they were like, oh, they're kind of creepy looking creatures. Then I started to have to deal with camel crickets and spiders don't bother me anymore. because no. Camel crickets are horrifying looking. Sprickets. Yeah, sprickets they're also known as for spider crickets. They're gnarly. Spider crickets? Yeah. yeah, they're gnarly looking little dudes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine like 15 of those jumping at you every time you come downstairs to record a podcast. But can they bite? No, but they, like, you know how, like, most animals... Oh, they're not... I thought... Sorry, I, I saw a, a small picture of one. I was like, holy shit, that's terrifying. Yeah. I thought that their back legs were their front legs, but no, they're not so bad. Yeah, I think the thing that's freaky about them is, like, in most cases with, like, a with an insect, you know, you yell at them or you stomp at them and they'll go away. <laughs> Get, out of here. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, they jump at you. So, like, if you're going to, like... You're like, oh my god! I just, I'm gonna step on this cricket and get rid of it. Normally, they're like trying to run away. This one's just like, come on, motherfucker! And he like jumps at you, and you're like, no! Those poor crickets! Come on, motherfucker! Everybody's gonna die! Come on, motherfucker! Everybody's gonna die! Basically, he's like, you want to fight? Let's fucking fight! It's like basically how like those things are when you're like trying to come at them. Oh man. And my cheap ass parents. Let's talk about this for a second. I love my parents, but my cheap ass parents. 
won't pay for fumigation or anything to take care of this infestation. Their solution is just duct tape flipped upside down. So at all points of like the, the spricket season, there's just dead corpses duct taped to the floor that I have to step over because I can't move the tape yet because we don't know if we got them all yet. Okay, that is it's fucking wild. I feel like I, <laughs> I've been talking to you every day for, what, eight fucking years? Yeah, like and that. I find out more about your <laughs> childhood and your upbringing that shines light on who you are as an adult <laughs> every single day. But yeah, so, I mean, the negative about talking about arachnophobia is that I think we've pretty much talked about arachnophobia we're 20 minutes in i i think we're done i i've got nothing else you guys <laughs> Yo, got anything I'm, I'm, let's i can even on. touch my notes let me look at my notes because i feel like i not, i don't think there are any quotes that i that i have or anything like that but like i don't even know man oh oh i have a note at the beginning that says bug with a vendetta and it's because that guy gets like the the king spider he has far too much intellect as i said earlier because it it, it it's like okay it, it's planning is diabolical it's like okay this guy found me in the 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 forest floor i'm not gonna kill him i'm gonna kill the american and i'm because he's already sick and so it's gonna look like he just died of his fever i'm gonna bite him on the hand and nobody's gonna notice and then i'm gonna get into his his uh crate get sent back to america Fuck some American spiders. Let's talk let's talk about that for a second, actually, because the spider's journey to Jeff Daniels' house is like crawling oh, out it, of coffin. It's it's baby's day out. <laughs> gets picked up by a crow, bites crow, crow dies. Crawls. And it doesn't die. It, like it the, the, the king spider doesn't die when it gets like it's a terminal velocity, you know? No, it's no. like this bird is up hundred feet and then <laughs> So it Look, the flip side is that that spider had already fallen from a giant tree in the Amazon, so I'll buy that it doesn't fall from a bird falling from the sky. <laughs> okay. But, but uh, spider crawls off into the barn. Then they catch a house spider, and they also put it in the barn. And we get this, like, weird lady in the tramp shot of the two <laughs> spiders, like, meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's, all we it's needed was like a little anim- Yeah, it's like all we need was, like, a little animated heart to come up above <laughs> their heads. <laughs> Oh, that part made me laugh so hard. I'm like, oh, they're about to get down to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> These uh, insects are having more sex than I am. Yep. One Can't of spell all... insects without sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you uh, can. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's no X. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have two things to say about the casting in Arachnophobia, and then we're done, okay? Okay. The mom was actually in the house on Sorority Row. Oh, shit. Which Ooh. is... I love how you're yawning. You're like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> oh, interesting, Scott. <laughs> when did when did Matt Kelly become Brian Kelly? <laughs> Fucking playing playing Yahtzee while I'm trying to have a serious conversation. Jesus. Wait, wait. Let me let me do my impression of of, uh, of Brian. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to hear. At least I have the common courtesy to do it here when I'm in my home and hope that you don't hear the keyboard. Let's not forget that Matt tried to secretly play games while we were in the same <laughs> hotel room watching him. Okay, the last thing I want to say is that um, I thought that Meatloaf Ade was in this movie, but no, it's this guy named Peter Jason who's a Kmart Meatloaf. Mm. <laughs> oh, they're the best kinds of Meatloafs. No, they're fuzzy. Uh-huh. Shut up, Mr. McGriddle. <laughs> hey.
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hey guys, we're going to get into our double features on arachnophobia in just a couple minutes. But first, while we're talking about giant killer spiders, let's talk about other insects. So, as you know, in the past, this show has been sponsored by Best Fiends. And guess what? We're sponsored by Best Fiends yet again. So, don't you slack on playing this game. I've continued to play this game. I've continued to stress out about this game. I'm actually currently stuck on a level that I've been playing for about three days, but I'm going to crack this level. I'm going to beat this level, and I'm going to continue to dominate this game until literally I've gotten further than the programmers have levels. That could take a couple of years, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to I'm going to nose to the grindstone. I'm going to keep moving, pushing forward because it is a truly great game. But don't just take my word for it. All right. Engage your brain with the fun puzzles. Collect tons of the cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And now back to the show. All right. So I'll start because it's my pick. And Brian, I apologize if this is yours. But there's another movie that came out in 1990 that was a major studio doing an homage to 50s horror movies, and that's Tremors. So Ooh. I'm going to do the double feature of this. Well, with it's, surprisingly, to... that's not my pick. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's actually, I mean, you know, if I wanted to watch Tremors, and I don't, but if I wanted to watch Tremors, this is how you do it because it's this movie is the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> that, Literally, those... they, they go to the, the end of the movie is them going to san francisco or something like that and and then they're like oh it's just tremors yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right brian what's yours since you were so terrified the whole time so i would watch this movie and then i was done i was like you know i I still i'm still in the mood to watch another movie so i call my friend jd who was working at the old folks home tonight and he'd say hey we're showing a special screening of cocoon and I'd say, oh, cool. And I'd go over to the old folks home and watch Cocoon with Jay-Z, with JD and all the uh, old folks. Be a nice little bow to tie on my I don't. Do you really Do you really have a friend named JD or are you the talking about Jade? Scrubs, right? Scrubs, yeah. Oh. JD and Scrubs, that was like his movie. He would always play at like this old folks home and nobody would care. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I sometimes I feel like I'm missing out by not watching Scrubs, but then I just have you guys to 
give me all of the references so I don't yeah, actually we'll just, have to go we'll watch just fill it. You in. You'll yeah, like, you would hate you'll Scrubs. Be like an expert. <laughs> I watched Garden State four times. I think I have all the Scrubs references I need. Yeah, you don't. You you would you would hate Scrubs. Too many feels in Scrubs. Yeah, that's exactly why I never watched it. It's very emotional, and then it's very slapsticky. It's literally a combination of your two, my least two favorite, favorite things. things. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Scott, what's your double feature? How are you going to save the night after ar- arachnophobia? Now, here, let me let me qualify this. As I did not feel like I had. My my night wasn't ruined by watching Arachnophobia. I just want you to know, like it it was okay. I didn't hate it, but but I want to bring it up. <laughs> you know, I want I want to really make my night a winner. So, <laughs> if we're talking, I mean, Matt, you th- you should be able to guess this. Do you want to take a guess at what my double feature with Arachnophobia would be? I mean, I almost wrote Eight Legged Freaks down. I'm wondering if that's what yours was going to be. Am I ever going to watch Eight Legged Freaks again? No, no, that's why I'm so confused. You don't like Spider Movie. No, that's why I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm pretty disappointed in everybody involved in this situation right now um, because I would obviously be watching Ticks. Ooh. Oh, duh. Ticks is, is one of my, that, that is quite possibly my favorite bug movie that is true that and and man the tick at the end just looks like a better version of the spider at the end of this <laughs> if you want to watch a creepy crawly movie like not a goofy movie but a creepy crawly movie no you, if you want to watch a goofy movie check out our patreon <laughs> <laughs> okay <I'm Yeah>. done. <laughs> all right so does anybody have anything that they saw that they want to talk about so i uh spent a long week of just hitting up movies and i saw two movies uh they're kind of the i haven't been really staying on top of 2020 movies the only movie i'd seen so far was underwater so i was like let me try to get caught up on a few of the other things that came out like january and february are kind of a dumping ground still so it wasn't a lot to pick from. I saw one movie that I thought was really good and one movie that uh, really depends on what you're wanting to see when you go to see it to determine if you're going to like it. So I'll start with that. Uh, Birds of Prey. So I said that Birds of Prey feels like if Rob Zombie was to direct Boondock Saints. And what I meant by that is that the humor and kind of the general pace of the movie is very Boondock Saints-esque as it's like, a bunch of different people kind of coming together for one common villain. One of them's a cop, like, and it's just like characters that kind of remind me of the Willem Dafoe character. And it's very hyper violent. And it's these very over the top heists to kill these different people. But then it's got this Rob Zombie thing where a, it's like hyper focused on blonde character with an annoying voice. Which uh, is- okay. Now I get it. <laughs> But then it keeps going off into these weird, like, fantasy sequences and, like, feels very, like, Rob Zombie-esque in the movie. The negative of the movie is that Harley Quinn is super obnoxious in the movie, and I can't I stand told her. You that. And she's, like, 75% of the movie, but literally the other 25% of the movie where she's not in is awesome. Like, if they just did a spinoff movie with Huntress and Black Canary, I would watch the shit out of it. Huntress is awesome awesome in this movie and ewan mcgregor is crazy as the villain so like those things worked for me it was just the rest of the movie that was really hurting it which was 75 percent of it uh but then what i saw that i thought was great was the gentleman which is like guy Ritchie's kind of return to like lock stock two smoking barrels and snatch style film i'm gonna Maybe. stop you there please don't sell anyone on this movie do not mention anything that happens in this movie because I want to see it so bad. All, all I'll say is that I don't think that this movie is going to come Oscar season. This movie won't be nominated for much, but I genuinely think it could get nominated for like a best editing award because the editing in it is like 
really it, it's one of those movies that hinges on how unique the editing style is and so i really i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the framework of the movie i enjoyed the the whole concept and you know it's very funny it's a funny funny movie so definitely go check it out if you liked his old movies from before he was doing like aladdin and the man from uncle and sherlock holmes but dude sherlock holmes is such a good movie no i'm not saying anything against those but i'm saying like those are very family-friendly versions of what he was very good at, which was, like, the hard R, mm-hmm. like, you know, blood just splattering everywhere and people just saying, like, fucking hell all the <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's good. I am I am looking forward to, I'm just waiting for the, the reviews on Birds of Prey. I actually already know what they're going to be, and it's going to be great. Now come Comic-Con season, there's going to be a bunch of fat girls dressed as Harley Quinn. And it's going to be quoted by... Oh, Matt, you better edit this out. (laughs) Let me finish. (laughs) You ruined the bit now. Now we have to edit it out. Which also, like, there already are. I don't know how this is changing anything. So the the punchline was it was going to be quoted by fat guys dressed as Negan, but let's just cut the whole thing. I think I'm going to leave the whole thing even with the Scott interruption because I think it somehow improved your punchline <laughs> by the disappointment in you saying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the snowflake in me. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. I watched a new docuseries that is on HBO, McMillions. And oh, I've heard great things about dude, that. I had to look up. Is that, so is that the talking guy... about the, the scratch-off yeah con yeah but the guy who i immediately went and followed the guy who directed and edited he's got like a hundred followers on twitter which pisses me off because without a doubt this is the coolest documentary edit it it is so similar to speaking of gentlemen it is so similar to guy Ritchie editing a documentary huh and just the tone like it is I'm blown away. This guy is my new idol. Like he's the he's he's the official bar of everything that I try to accomplish is the bar is set that I'll never reach. It is I cannot I cannot hype this this up enough. Like I've been trying to figure out a way to get in contact with him just to give him my praises. It's so fucking good. He has a hundred followers, Brian. Just follow him and then send him a message. <laughs> I did follow him, but I don't know how to send him a message. It's like when I met Jade, I just kept typing things out and then deleting it. <laughs> but hey, look at how it worked out for you. So, oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's stupid. Hey, <laughs> I guess that's a very like Matt Kelly thing of like, just add him and then message him because like that's pretty much how I do all of my podcast business and sometimes it works. It's just that 90% of the time they never talk to me. Yeah, yeah Matt Matt does the spray and pray method. So when when everybody like when he starts his podcast business, it, people are going to be like, "So how did you do it?" and he's going to be like, "Well, strap in cuz it's going to be a long long ride." Yeah. You have to have zero shame and a <laughs> lot of free afraid. time. Yeah, and not be afraid to be told no. All of the time. <laughs> Is that, uh, did you watch anything else, Brian, that you want to talk about? I'm just going to save it for next week. Okay. Now, this is the point of the show. Okay, guys, I told you. You warned us. I'm ready. Uh, well, I, I warned you, but I'm going to warn the um, the listener. If you don't want to get into something serious, this can be the end of the episode for you. Yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> because, there. I mean, and this is like a trigger warning. Uh, if you have like PTSD from sexual assault, probably want to turn it off here. 
for the rest of you that may want to listen to this, I want to talk about Miss Americana. Now, did you guys watch it? No. I did not know. So Megan and I watched it. And um, then after we got done, we had a really serious conversation because it got me thinking about um, when she was sexually assaulted. I asked for permission and consent from her to talk about it on the show. And I'm not going to say the name of the offender, but this is probably one of the greatest shames of my adult life is not doing something about this. But we're um, at a show. The show was over and we were tearing down. And a bandmate of one of my bandmates, so, you know, we shared a member, comes up to Megan and full hand grabs her vagina. And she was like, get the fuck off of me or something. I mean, she like was like shocked. And he was like super drunk, apparently. I didn't know anything about it. I was on the other side of the venue. She told him off. And she was like, you cannot touch people like that. And he was like, I'm so sorry. And then like he sent her this non-apology Facebook message the next day when he sobered up and was like, I'm so sorry I was so drunk. And like, I, I, I'm blah, blah, whatever. And she was like, okay, well, just don't touch me ever again. Four, five, six months later, we're playing a show again. And it's actually the farewell show of the, the member that we shared in the two bands. Uh, you know, everybody's saying good good night because we're the headliner and, you know, so we're tearing down again. He comes up to Megan and like gets a running start and smacks the shit out of her ass like super hard, like a welt. She turns around and screams at him to get the fuck away from her. And there were like four people around her and he's like drunk again and he's like, uh, this is how I act with all of my female friends. Oh, by the way, this fucker is a female rugby coach. Still is. We should have pressed charges the first time. We didn't. We should have pressed charges the second time. We didn't. Because after he smacked her ass that second time, Megan screamed at him. He came up to me and he was like, yo, Megan's really mad at me. I was like, what did you do? We told, she told, I, and she, he was like, I just went up and said hi to her. I was like, you should have left her alone. He, and he like fucking whitewashed it too. You, and, and I never did anything about it. And I feel like a fucking pussy. Should have done something. And it just drives me insane sometimes when I think about it. I don't think about it often, but the way that this plays into Miss Americana is that Taylor Swift got dragged so, first of all, I don't understand the hatred people have for Taylor Swift. She's just a pop singer, first of all, and she writes all of her own music, or at least she is a songwriter for all of her own music. She has help and producers, but like she has had a shitload of hits that she has written herself or had help writing. Taylor Swift got dragged super hard by the internet because she came out against this this guy for sexual assault. And they were like, well, why didn't you say something beforehand? And it's the same thing, like fucking, you know, six years later, what am I gonna do about this this serial offender? You know, I'm, I'm positive that he's not, that she's not the only person that he has molested, assaulted, you know, like, cause one of them was sexual assault and one of them was legit assault. Like he came up and he basically punched her in the ass cheek. I think that Miss Americana is a really good documentary. It really endeared me to Taylor Swift because I really knew nothing about her life. Don't usually have a lot of empathy for ultra famous people because I'm like, you know, you're getting paid to a lot of fucking money to to make art or to, you know, to, to, to perform. But at the same time, they don't get to have a normal life. 
and yeah. and and also there th everything they do is discussed by nice. knuckle draggers on the internet that's why i don't have a twitter i i appreciate you guys letting me talk about it because there's no catharsis for me i'm always going to be upset about this in respect to my fucking wife because i can never fix it but at least talking about it you know is something you know there's probably going to be people who are listening like why the fuck are they talking about this on a on a comedy horror podcast but i think that it's a, it's important that we have a platform that we make, you know, we make a stand every once in a while for stuff like that. It's, you know, not to like plug our own shit, but it's part of the reason why I am going to insist that we never don't have Survivor Girl shirts and that we continuously use that shirt platform to like help also raise money for different types of situations because, you know, we need to be good allies to to our female friends and ev just in general but also because man the the toxic masculinity that you find at a metal show is not very different than the toxic masculinity you find at a horror show yeah and there's and if you go to a con <laughs> there's a lot of dudes wearing cannibal corpse shirts that have you know women with their insides slit and their legs spread i mean there there's a, a thin line between being edgy and being a fucking asshole you know i feel like yeah. so much of death metal especially like the more extreme stuff like cannibal corpse and basically bands that want to be like cannibal corpse and slam bands and all that shit there are certain dudes who take that shit seriously you know like they're like yeah women are inferior or you know their ultimate fantasy is to to have a woman who is sexually subservient to them you know and so consent doesn't even play into their like sexuality which is fucking insane to me but I am not going to apologize for talking about this here because this is the biggest platform that I, as a just some random dude on the internet has. Yeah, I can post about this on Facebook and maybe 200 people will see it. But I know our numbers on Horror Movie Night and I know that even if the vast majority of them turned off when I said this is a trigger warning, I feel so like... As far as like using a term that is questionable in this situation, I feel impotent about women who are sexually assaulted. And and we need to have a dialogue about it. We need to try and sensitize men who love horror into understanding that women are not objects because it's just it's so frustrating. And and then people are gonna call us snowflakes or don't take it so seriously. It's just horror. But like, if you spend your entire free time, set of free time, like hours a day, watching women in positions of subservience and men in positions of power, like most slasher films, it's going to it, it, there's the possibility that it poisons your mind. Yeah. So you got to talk yeah. about it. I'm done. All right. Well, I don't think that uh, it would be appropriate to jump into the upbeat, happy outro this week so tune in next week we will have for more harmony we will have a, a much lighter week next week Network.
91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 